years earlier. Oh man, May 8th, 2010. Can you believe the day finally got here, Mike? I am so excited for my first and only wedding. I mean, you guys have been planning this for I don't know how long. I mean, you guys have been together for so long. You've already had a baby Two together. Two and a half years, baby. Man. I mean, you like worked overtime, saved up so we can all be here at the Indian Reservation multi-purpose community hall. center. Community center. Um, you know, you and April are just like 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 just it's gonna be the greatest of days. I know, you know, I, you know. I appreciate you trying to cheer me up, man. I, I know it's not, the, it's not the most lavish wedding in the world, you know. But like, I, we're doing our best with what we're given, right? I'm, I'm saving, I'm saving like the money that we have for our little baby who's two years, who just turned two years old last month, man. Oh, so cute. Yeah. So cute. What about my, I, I, and and my baby who is not even alive you're never gonna have babies <laughs> man I, you're gonna I be slept a... in till i slept into like 8 a.m this morning uh, it's a saturday and then we got down here and we're just ready to party mm-hmm. now are you adam are you ready to be the best man at my first and only wedding <laughs> i mean i'm personally on the inside i'm very nervous of this because we've only known each other for like two years at this point yet here i am your best man i've already i drove you home like drunk last weekend uh, f- from your bachelor <laughs> sure party. was a great bachelor party <laughs> like i didn't know that you could just like 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 nod off and like need to be carried to a car and then just out of nowhere you just wake up you're like huh where am i oh I'm in Adam's car. <laughs> that was fun. That was a good time. I hope you I learned a from lot that. about my own alcohol tolerance last weekend. <laughs> it was a good time. So, you know, what's great is that we've only listened to a handful of music in our life. Our band still thriving away here in the great year of 2010. We're going to make it, baby. Nothing can ever change that. What the This is the first time I've ever seen this happen with a DeLorean just showing up out of nowhere here at my friend Mike's wedding. This looks familiar. I don't even know. Skinny, skinny with Mike and Adam. I can't believe it. This is my first trip back to visit you guys in the chronology of the Gaslight Anthem. Doc Brown, played by actor Christopher Lloyd. What are you doing here at my first and only wedding? Marty, it's so good to see you. My name's Mike. Oh, I mean, Mike, Mike, it's amazing to see you in this state. I've only come to know you in your 2022 form. That is like the epitome of your of of, of your life physicality. But now to see you in your 2010 form, it's so interesting. Look at all of this youthful energy and flowing locks of hair. <laughs> you're right, you're right Doc Brown played by Christopher Lloyd. I've definitely peaked in the year 2010, baby. I've only I, the only word that comes to mind is youth. Youth. Mm, 
No, nothing's greater than youth. Am I right, Adam? High fives. <laughs> I had to visit you on this day, this day of wedded bliss that is so per- per- purposeful for 2010. And the term youth, wedding, wife, first wife, youth. What? what, what? All what? of these things come together for some reason on this day. Hold on, back up. What first? What? What does that mean? I'm just saying it's your first wedding, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and my term, only one, right? And the term youth, wife, youth, wife of my youth. Anyway, I'm just here to tell you guys about a great band. <laughs> you wait, hold on. There's so much to unpack there. Doc Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, like. You 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 just you can't just throw all of that at us and then be like, oh hey, we're gonna talk about a band. You can't do that. What <laughs> now? I okay. I'll just save it for now. But you guys saw a band two years ago at the Rise Against show, right? And there was a band that. that opened for them, the Gaslight Anthem. Oh yeah, I mean they're all right. Like they're they're pretty okay, right, Adam? They're they're pretty good. I mean, nobody yeah. seemed to be too interested in their in their set, and we we're just yeah, like, yeah. okay, hurry up. We got I mean, to see what yeah. what the rest of the bands have to show here. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, we weren't really there for them. We were just kind of there to be like, uh, I'm get to get to thrice now, you know. Marty, I just want to strangle your youthful neck right now, oh. but I feel like all that hair will just make my hands bounce <laughs> off of them and go everywhere and i just I, I can't do it so i just want to say right here the year 2010 the gaslight anthem released their third possibly their best but not so much their best but still their best possibly incredible album of all time it's called american slang and it comes out in june 15th of this year i have secret burned copies of it that i want Ooh. to share with you today Ooh, I want uh, okay. I want you to know. I just want you to know this album maybe earlier than 20 later in the decade when it becomes a seminal album for not only you but Adam and life and first marriages and all that. Adam, why do you keep saying first marriages? What what is this? Is I don't, you, I don't is know. This, some sort this of is bachelor late bachelor party prank what, what is this i i wish i knew i did not call for this at all but all i can say is that like this is your first marriage right and so it makes sense for you to wait, be wait, wait, you're in you're in on this too what is what is this i just i just know <laughs> that this is your first marriage so it makes sense <laughs> that he would be saying like you know you're youthful you're you're 24 years old you're 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 the peak of my you know, life baby you're at your first marriage and like I think this album might be something that just kind of like helps to solidify the the connection that people who are 24 when they get married sometimes have and carry it on into blissful wedded bliss for all of eternity. Uh, Adam, I'm just going to let you believe that for now. Anyway, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't have said it better right now. I just think that you have you guys, just, just, I, I, I'm gonna visit you guys on this timeline in 2008 and 2007. There's been so much going on and wedded bliss. I just, I feel like this is the time to give you this album, and you should see how it affects you over the coming decade, okay. and then 
review it later when uh. you have more time to devote to it. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of time, Adam, the, the ceremony is going to start very, 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 very soon. Do you think we have time to listen to this 34-minute album? I mean, I'll listen to it, but I can't say I'm going to know very much about it for some time here. Um, so I just I'll see how it how it affects me over over the course of the next you know couple of weeks, and I'll probably just throw it on the pile of things I used to like. Yeah, I mean, I I I definitely don't think there's enough time right now to listen to it. So let, we'll just humor Doc Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, and then we'll just because he needs to, he needs to get the fuck out of here. He wasn't on the guest skinny, list. Skinny, skinny well, with Mike yeah. and Adam. You guys need. To know that this is a seminal moment, and then I'm gonna get out of here. I don't know if you got, and then I got, I, I need to go visit you in the past and and, and reintroduce you to these these albums. It's gonna be okay, but this will be my last moment visiting you for at least a year, and then we'll talk about some other bands maybe at that time. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Doc Brown played by Christopher. Hey Adam, you helped the mentally ill, right? Like, we should, <laughs> how do we get rid of this guy? We need to okay, move Doc. On I'm just going to load you back in your car, and then you can take off here because, like, all of the family's showing up here, and they're going to be really freaked out by this DeLorean here, um, you know. And I, 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 I mean, April's we'll, we'll cousin just got here. With, listen to this music, Doc Brown. <laughs> April's cousin just got here. He's got this big like thing of barbacoa. I need to go help him carry it. So you need to get out of here. <laughs> Okay, you guys have, have been real. Okay, I'm going back in time. Pew, pew. <laughs> wow. What a great special effect here at my <laughs> first and only wedding I'm ever going to have. later Whew, man i was just like reminiscing to your first wedding i mean like there was a lot that went on that day literally 12 years ago from today wow i just from, realized from that this morning recording, yeah but <laughs> you, you just reminded me when we re, when we hit record today i was like wow yeah, it's i mean 12 years I mean, we should have known at the time how important that album was instead of like waiting two more years to listen to it in all reality. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure you remember this very vividly, right? Like I, I'm going to be upfront and honest with you. Cause you know, we're best friends here. I feel like we should be all open and honest. Like I didn't listen to it until like <laughs> two years later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I, I should have listened to it then too, but I was just like, like confused, like why this keeps on happening. And he's telling us that we should be listening to all these albums. And I'm just like, no, I will listen to it in the grand scheme of my life. And you have to accept that about me because nothing of importance happened after 2012. Right. Why doesn't he think about things like from our perspective, right? Some crazy loon <laughs> with wild hair dressed like a mad scientist runs up to you like a madman. And it's like, Hey, Listen to this sketch CD that I'm that I'm handing to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's certainly not going to destroy your CD player. Yeah, right? it's, <laughs> there's definitely not a multitude of viruses that's going to wreck every electronic you have. Like, okay, mm. bye. <sighs> exactly, exactly. But hey, we finally figured out how to put it from from our computers onto our iPods mm -hmm. and your, your Zoom now. 
<laughs> yeah. And now we got like streaming services that make it easier, except they take off the last song, but we'll listen to that last song today. Oh, anyway, yeah, because the chronology continues of week three of, I mean, I didn't know I could, I could feel so much mm-hmm. listening to so many of these albums in a week. It drowns out so many of the other albums that we listen to throughout our week. It definitely <laughs> weighs <laughs> everything else down, doesn't it? Folks, welcome to the third installment of our long-form Gaslight Anthem retrospective. If you're just joining us, folks, we are celebrating the recent announcement that the Gaslight Anthem has now been reunited to be a full-time band, and we'll have an album sometime early 2023, perhaps. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, we are, you know, instead of doing one episode and, you know, reminiscing about their career and their albums and what their music meant to us, baby, we're just going to go through all five of their albums because that's the proper way to do it. And also, they're Adam's favorite band, so we got to do that too. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we I are mean, here now with uh, American Slang. Again, if you're just joining us, we did the 59 Sound on last week's episode, and we did Sink or Swim the week before that. So we highly recommend you go check those out uh, uh, first and then come back and check out this episode if you if you um, haven't already. But uh, Adam... I'm very excited about this album because, you know, we we, we did do a review of the, on this back in 2018, but it was a different type of review, right? Um, did we? We I don't did. Think so. Well, <laughs> since your memory seems to be lapsed through due to like, you know, space time continuums being broken, yes. you know, timelines being interfered with, old crazy guys <laughs> fucking it with our confusing. timelines. Yeah, it gets confusing, yeah. I understand. But like, you know, back in 2018, we intended to you know do a series finale of this of, of of our podcast due to you know additions to the family uh but uh the final episode was us uh doing a two-part the skinny essentials you know talking about an out al- talking about one album for each of us that uh m- means the most to us as human beings and how they relate to us and uh, you picked the american slang album by the gaslight anthem so yes we reviewed one, that. It was an emotional episode. I, you know, those two episodes, I, I you know, I, I talked, we talked about it in our episode 400 special, but like those, I feel like are our best episodes we've ever done. So if you want a different type of review for the American slang and how it relates to Adam, I feel like that's, you know, that episode's more for like, you know, the longtime fans and super fans of this show, but we're going to try to review this album <laughs> as an album and how it fits yes. into the Gaslight Anthems discography and Brian Fallon's songwriting and all that. Yes into the metaverse that is mm-hmm. the, the discography the brian <laughs> so, fallon cinematic universe yes <laughs> so I, I will try my best to not talk about myself too much and stay focused purely on the album which i you know i i i, I much more prefer to do <laughs> sure yeah this is going to be a hugely emotional you know thing a hugely 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 emotional experience if we just do a repeat of that 2018 episode but uh yeah but you're welcome to talk about you know whatever these songs mean and you know but i i guess we should try to steer it in the in in the vein of you know reviewing it as an album but uh if 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 we if we if you veer off i'm sure the listeners won't mind you know these songs were written to be emotional and to have emotional impact in our lives so you know that's how it's going to be baby Sounds good. Cause I really feel, especially after spending a week with it for the first time in a long time, uh, like Alex Rosamelia's guitar work shines mm-hmm. amidst all of the chaos of the lyrics. Um, so, you know, that's like a, a huge 
thing to like rediscover as, as, as you uh, immerse yourself in this album again. So I'll just be pointing that out here and there. I felt like the drums really stood out on Amer- on uh, 59 Sound. I hadn't really paid attention to those so much on the previous mm-hmm. albums, but this one, it was like, man, that lead guitar, it, it takes over. Yeah. And at this point in this band's career too, you can definitely hear that they are I guess they need uh, to re- switch something up, like because by yeah. by this time it's like you got two albums that have a, a, a similar sound in and of themselves, and the band obviously became very popular after mm-hmm. Fifty Nine Sound, and uh, it's like, what do we do now? Yeah, and speaking of being very popular, Fifty Nine Sound peaked on the Billboard Two Hundred at number seventy, and American Slang peaked at number 16 in the top 200 so yeah so their star is rising at this point Mm -hmm. you know highly anticipated album from their from their fan base at this point as well you know we weren't there but uh you know i'm happy for all of the super fans who were there and got to see this band star start to shine a little bit more we should have tried harder we should have to be but, there, you know, but screamo music's got a again, hold on me, baby. I, I know. And again, like, like we, uh, East coast stuff, this, this kind of stuff, I don't think had come out here too much. Not I really. heard nothing of this band, uh, you know, especially, you know, even after 2008 uh, being on the rise against tour, I'm sure that was quite a bit of exposure for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I didn't hear much about them afterwards uh, amidst their you know, most popular of albums. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to not know anything about them until like 2012 when I saw them on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we are right in the center of, you know, what a lot of their fan base considers to be like their three best albums. Uh, so, you know, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Maybe you want to get the uh, emotional preamble out of the way, like as best you can, like what, what does this album mean to you, Adam? before we get started hmm. like the track one well i don't often have emotions uh in my life that that reach this level of depravity and sadness and happiness all at the same time so like part of me is like i want i want to do like a brain scan on myself when i'm listening to this album to Ooh, figure out what what the hell is going on because <laughs> i don't experience this in the real world and it's, we should we should start a Patreon <laughs> and like have like a ten thousand dollar Patreon stretch goal. Like if we if we reach ten thousand dollars a month on Patreon, we'll we'll we can afford to get Adam that brain scan. <laughs> right, right. Because I know they did like some documentary at one point where like they put brain scan things on Sting's head while he was playing music to kind of like like figure out what parts of his brain are doing different things, Ooh. you know, during while he's, he's playing. Um, I was like, that's what I need for this album because yeah. it hits me so emotionally hard. I'm like, I need to know like scientifically what's going on. Like, like screw all this other stuff that doesn't matter, but right. I, <laughs> I need to know why this part of my brain is triggered when these particular songs are played <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> just so that absolutely. I can like, you know, put it in a scrapbook somewhere to give to my great grandchildren someday. Oh my I, I God, this is, this is incredible. <laughs> the, the, the parts of the brain that govern sadness and joy mm-hmm. and sorrow and terror, they're all going off all at right. once. I, He's going to blow. And that's why I tried to like write pages and pages about what was going on. And I don't know if I actually like pinpointed the reason, but I think it, it still seems, job. it still seems like a mystery a lot of the time. So anyway, 
yeah i guess i'll I'm, just leave it at that <laughs> i'm in the in the description below folks i'm going to link down the 2018 review of this album as a companion piece so if you want to check that out uh you know and, and see if you haven't already checked it out like go and see what you know adam's talking about how this album relates to him as a human being uh then yeah go go check that out again it's one of the best episodes we've ever done uh and then maybe check out uh the, you know the the, the mic episode too I, <laughs> of course I'm here, I'm here too <laughs> of course <laughs> but no today scan we're here his to... brain <laughs> scan <laughs> his brain during still searching <laughs> oh you don't you you don't want none of that <laughs> that's what that, that's what the scan says when it's going it's still it says still still searching, still searching. <laughs> <laughs> fuck man isn't that funny uh, being that this is episode four, like 404 like, <laughs> era 404, like blue screen so of death i don't know what's going so on so good <laughs> but uh adam uh i think that'll do it for the preamble uh okay. let's get into american slang are you got, ready. do you have everything all queued up Wait, my friend so we're, we're playing she loves you at the end right like let us not forget to play that song the official real closer to this album okay by the beatles okay let me go look that up <laughs> well i don't have it here uh, on the special edition so once we finish uh track 10 we're gonna have to pause it and i'll have to look at i'll have to look it up. okay just like yeah either go to the b-sides album because it's like track one on the b-sides album or just youtube it. yeah sounds good point. my friend so, the so, official closer but for now we'll go with the standard edition i mean i mean we'll get there when we get there we, I mean, we yeah we did it when we were young but like sometimes i feel like yeah you know this was we the did. proper emotional point to hit on, but you know you're the we expert. We're the you're the expert, so I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to follow your lead, my friend. <laughs> and uh, if you listen to Live at Home, American Slang, he says that this is the official. That it should have been on the album, but they had already sent the album off, and it was too late to get it back at uh, the time before the they realized. Like, exist. Oh, shit. I know. So let, should we just jump right into? All right. So we are doing. We we are recording this remotely, folks. So we are going to be syncing ourselves up, and then you, you know, you at home, you you won't notice a difference. So uh, we're going to count this down in three, two, one, play. Oh my God, we're playing American slang the song. Deep th- breaths, Adam. Deep breaths. I know. I know. And look, like I've said, like the first half of this album is just like. Hey, these are just some like cool emotional ditties, you know. Like it's, it's just like Mad Season by Matchbox Twenty. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're we're all good here. Everybody's having a good time. We're just gonna talk about some stuff and like. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it sounds so jolly, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's it what's does. so great about like this era of Gaslight Anthems. Like they're they they do such a good job of like hiding the emotional impact, but behind the jovial Heartland rock. So I, I probably would have been not happy with this opener if I had been jumping into this album when it was brand new. Mm. So I'm like, well, this doesn't hit me in the same way I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, over the course of years, you start to pick at it and you start to go deeper with the lyrics. Right. Got your name tattooed inside of my arm. Somebody mm-hmm. I know has Gaslight Anthem stuff, related stuff tattooed on the inside of his arm. So every time I hear that line, you know, it's like, oh, he wrote that for Adam. <laughs> yes. And, you know, Cut Me to Ribbons. Obviously, mm. that was a callback to some Navisync Banks. We get a lot of Navisync Banks callbacks, aren't we? You know, for, for folks who have listened to our previous reviews of uh, Guess I Anthem, like we, we mentioned multiple times, that like your 
your loyalty to their discography gets rewarded multiple times throughout the constant references to previous songs. And it's beautiful. I feel like it does. I feel like it does. Um, and that's all right. That's that's the best part about it is like mm-hmm. it, there's always something new to gain from it, and it doesn't. It just doesn't get stale, even mm-hmm. after all this time. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and and it's, it's, this is of course like this can stand on its own too. Like most people can, you know, just pick up American slang and just enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy the thematic elements. Enjoy the lyrical elements. Enjoy the expertise, musicianship, um, and you know, before we move on, because I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. I do want to say right here at the top, uh, we had a minor criticism, I guess constructive criticism of 59 Sound last week. The production, so clean, you know, you, that, that kind of odd reverb is is gone, right? It sounds a little mm. bit more modern. It sounds like it's mm. an album yes. of, that was released currently, right? Yes. And, but it's still, because of, the, because of the genre and the style, like it still sounds classic, right? Right. It still has like that, like, 60s-ish sound to yeah. it. And that's just the so, aesthetic, you know, put, doing all yeah. of the work, right? We don't necessarily need to make the the tracks sound like they were recorded on a crappy cassette tape, you know? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is great. I love the I love how clean everything sounds now. It's a, it's a lot less distracting. And I call for my father, but my father dude. It's getting real. It's getting real. We'll mm-hmm. talk more about fathers being gone next week but yeah we're not there today so again the bridge on this album i know we passed over it it's really good mm-hmm. and they got that line and you can dance with the queen if you need mm. we're gonna talk about queens and there's gonna be a queen coming up yeah lots of characters who make multiple appearances we got so you know not two. not 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 the emotional juggernaut for the opening track, but that's okay. It's we're still fun the, to sing we're along. We're setting with. the tone, baby. We're setting the tone. Stay lucky is a uh, track two here. Another you know, seemingly jovial track right off the top. It's it's jovial. Now I know I, I mentioned in 2018. This feels like it's kind of like a preclude to a breakup kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 you can look at it so many different ways. It feels like it, it could be like the song that he wrote more about himself like finally reaching the status you always want to reach as a musician mm-hmm. and then like okay what do we do now like, yeah it that's could how have it that to me. feel right yeah. okay because he, he brings up the in, in 59 sound you're right he brings up the the kind of we're, we're, we're gaining traction we're getting we're mm-hmm. becoming a little bit more successful like people are recognizing me I feel like a little bit of a rock star right right this might be like the continuation but, of that two years on but you're never gonna find it like when you were young and everybody used to call you lucky. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like you. Could, it's almost like he's writing it to himself in an a interesting cyclical way, right? <laughs> yeah. When we've seen, you know, the Brian Fallon Chuckle Hour the, the few times, like he he brings up a lot, like about how oh the press always talks about how I'm the next Bruce Springsteen and stuff like that, and like, but he he does he never has like the success or the or the paychecks of mm-hmm. being. The next Bruce right. Springsteen. So he, he kind of poked stupid fun enough, at. stupid enough to become a rock star in this day and age, where yeah. <laughs> rock stars make zero money. <laughs> right, exactly. So you know, it, it's it's a little bit of him like poking fun at all that stuff, but also he feels he feels bad. Like he, I think he knows he has the talent to to mm-hmm. be the next Bruce Springsteen, but like you know, be, due to circumstances probably beyond his control, it's just right. You know, it's not going to happen. 
I know. So that's okay. That's okay. And then it's like, oh, how do we pick up and make something that's still good and stay excited about music? But you can tell, like, this was the beginning of like that descent into like, is this really what we want to do for very long? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be a band for much longer after this. But uh, but uh, I mean, while pacing around, waiting for some moment that might never arrive. Like, Shit, maybe dude. it's not going to arrive. you don't need it anymore maybe maybe and then i know that at the end i know i had mentioned before it sounded like a voicemail coming from another guy to the girl yeah, says, yeah. if you're anywhere in manhattan in the next days or so let me know speaks to me. stay lucky i said it comes from closing of an email that ian winward a writer for kerrang supposedly sent to brian Fallon. interesting speak soon stay lucky i don't know i got just like that that kind of maybe an think. odd sign off you know I know. So let's get real. Let's get real on track three, shall we? Okay. <laughs> We're right about there. Track three is Bring It On. Oh. It's just like, oh, this is where we're going. It wasn't okay. expecting enough the first one. First two tracks there. Lost, mm. Yeah, lots of... Uh, so we're, we're bringing up the Queen again. She's going to have her own song. We're, you know, but, we're, but we're sowing the seeds of the Queen character. Codependency song, baby. Mm. Here's the cool again. Hey, good to and see the you cool. again. The cool. Hello. That jazz that just is maybe just taking a woman away. She yeah. wants to keep. Maybe she wants to keep doing that stuff. One of the strongest <sighs> choruses on this whole album mm. is just right there, dude. And I love that we just he just says it once, moves on to the next verse. Beautiful. And you're tired of those vows on May 8th, 2010? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> Come on. Well, somebody was. Somebody was. <laughs> so he's just like, baby, I'll just take over the rest. If you need to go, just go. Fine. This is like the preclude to some anger that we haven't seen from Brian Fallon prior to this. Mm-hmm. And again, that lead guitar is there. Throw in some giant bell tolls just to keep it a little little springsteen-esque yep <laughs> yeah this song is so springsteen isn't it dude mm, yeah i mean this is just the the young adult anthem to like bitch you're gonna leave me how are you gonna leave me i'm mm-hmm. on tv i'm like, on exactly. fucking tv <laughs> <sighs> found the letters Said never, he'll never know and you said the night just got too cold well everybody's cold mm. <laughs> uh. I love how poetic this sad fucking song is oh god and it's just punctuated by this beautiful chorus it's so epic it's so good it's, yeah, and the and like the implications of what's going on here in the story is just so fucking tragic, man. Right after bridge. he just got done talking about how lucky he is. I've sung this you in my head multiple you times. You. Uh. Well, uh, 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 uh. It's so Motown when you break it down too. <laughs> yeah, it's got that. It's got that old school sensibility, but the modern day. Rushing, ex, you know, uh, existential dread. Mm-hmm. 
That bell resonate. Mm. Yeah, and just, if it, they hadn't like cleaned up the production, you wouldn't notice those, those little bells and stuff in, in, in the background. And you're already hearkening back to track one. Mm-hmm. He's telling you he can read your palms when she was reading his palms mm-hmm. back in track one when they were just like, hey, that everything's voodoo. cool. <sighs> Getting mixed up with the voodoo. Fuck, so I know that I said, song is too good, dude. We ha- it needs to be stopped. It's too good. <laughs> the Diamond, uh, Diamond Church Street Choir is track four. So I always go back to this just being like the breakup song or like the, 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 the fight song, track three. And this is him leaving and coming back into like, I'm just going to listen to some music. And try to like forget my troubles mm-hmm. because I'm I'm a musician and that's what we do. And you just pay attention to the world around you, listening to your music, looking at all the party people out here. I'm not I'm not happy like them. I was once. Mm-hmm. That's for the, the cool college kids right now. And you just you read these lyrics with like the visualization of you know New New Brunswick because that's what he's writing about here is uh, is it's that that college life. Um, that's right there. And then Andy Diamond, a friend of Brian Fallon, mm-hmm. a punk promoter from New Brunswick who helped the Gaslight Anthem get famous. Diamond oh, nice. is good friends with Diamond is good friends with the bandmates and tours with them. Thank you, Lyric Genius. That's, that, and, and you know, it's a beautiful chorus and everything, but like that's such an odd reference to put in to your, I know. you know, to your album that's going to go out to millions of people. <laughs> It's just got that again, that like Motown feel. Mm-hmm. Who's that listening like to great, this like in 2010? Style like guitar work that's in the background. I know, I know, Brian often uses an Epiphone, and it's 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 got that great kind of lo-fi twang to it, which really fits mm-hmm. the aesthetic of this album. It really does. You're just like you're just in a good place. You got your little bridge right here. So jazzy. The the jazz sensibilities that he just like throws in here. I love how he goes hard right there with that. Oh. And you're just like, okay, the rest of the album is going to like just throw you and crush you under a bus. Mm-hmm. But right now we're just... Mm, but we're having a good time, mm, baby. We heard jazzing it up at the club. Mm, my girl mm, just mm, left me for another mm, man. I'm trying to drink my worries away. I wish I knew. Them Sopranos and Andy Diamond's choir. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Especially if this is just like a random friend of theirs. Yeah. Like... Okay, it's like it, this it song fits. is just for me and me alone. <laughs> Nobody right. else needs to know these references. Pretty much, but it works, man. It works. And he's kind of said that on live at home. He's like, I wrote some lyrics. I don't even know what they mean, but at the time, that's the way I felt, and I can never make those lyrics again. Like you know, that's one that of those things end. that is like so frustrating with like Brian mm. Fallon. Sometimes is that like he does it. 
he, we say this all the time. He has he has no idea the type of power that he holds over us. I know. <laughs> and here we are, like piecing together like these things that like may or may not be there, but like he just kind of unintentionally did it. You know. Mm-hmm. Queen of Lower Chelsea. So let's, let's enjoy that lead guitar. Again, there's no gaslight songs that sound like this. No, very just, like, rare. That opening but, like, chord. Bam. But this is like, oh, let's get back to the girl. Like, okay, girl, you think that you got what's going on? You don't know what's going on. Here's he's a song doing, about you, girl. Doing what mm-hmm. he does best, you know. He does. He has all these like uh, POV songs about the women that he may or may not know in his life. It's beautiful. There's so many women that I've come across in my life that like fit this kind of uh mm. this personality type right like they, mm. it's, it's that it, you know they've been beaten down by like their fathers or their lovers and stuff like this and they just have this low self-esteem and low sense of self-worth that like they just you know they don't they don't see what they have to offer other people have to offer themselves and it's just like it's it's tragic you know men treat and they, women with more respect please just all like around. to party they like to party and then they throw themselves into a career that is emotionally destroying them. Yeah. And not partying anymore like Brian Fallon wants you to. <laughs> Stop gaslighting women into partying, Brian. <laughs> she wants every last little light in New York City, man. Mm-hmm. That like that line just is so epic. Yeah, I love it. In, in the mm. in the the, uh, the the fucking like picturesque nature that it evokes. Mm-hmm. This is such a picturesque song. He knows a lot of girls like that, I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the gravity hangs on all the selling points you had. It's so hurtful. <laughs> I know, but like it's a it's it's an oddly like beautiful way to put it, you know? <sighs> I guess so. He mentions gravity falling in the last album. Mm-hmm. As well, but this Very one's briefly. on your. This one's just on your boobies and your butt butt. I know. This one's in every chorus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm gonna make this a point. <laughs> oh man! Again, that guitar. It's so good. I love that guitar. It's so twangy. Like it almost doesn't fit, but it's the the way it like it punctuates the the, the chorus. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And even the drums. He's just he's hitting the snare drum. Like on the side, yeah. The whole the whole song. It's really interesting. Another I another this... thing I I didn't notice until later through listening to it this week. Yeah, I wonder if this if this song was like meant to be like a slower ballad. Slower than it is. Yeah, like a lot slower. Like maybe like maybe like something that was maybe intended to be like the final song or something. Mm, but um, okay, like just, just because of all the the the. the if you strip away all of the parts and isolate them, like you know the, you know tap in the side of the snare instead of the top, you know like it, that's very like ballady, very like slow song. Um, but uh, I, I like the you way ready, that Mike? it turned out here. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> you ready? And avoiding it, yeah. Orphan. Let's jump six. back into some anger. Hmm. Mm. This is just like I was sad that she's being such a difficult person, and now I'm just gonna emote while I'm paying attention to the city around me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's so good. Goodbye, 
surface rest along the seas I've given you the fire of my youth and the triumph of my enemies The way that like each song like evokes a different emotion really um, really captures the listener's attention, you know. It really does, and it's just like it's it's bringing the rest of the album back into it. Listening to the choirs in your head, trying to like find the positive amidst the negative, mm-hmm. but I'm really fucking pissed off now. Yeah. Fuck the alphabet boys, stupid IRS. Hate them. Yep. <sighs> and the second verse, man. Some local libertines to take your daughters out on the town. And I can feel it in my age. And goes, he's 30 years old. Now the sun yes. and the rain mixes up into the fountains where I drink my hero's blood. So I fucking left. I'll go find my own fucking hat full of rain. Fuck you all. <laughs> Yeah, the way uh, Brian Fallon doesn't do anger like in the you know in the traditional sense, right? He right, does. Right. He does like a lot of punctuated anger, mm-hmm. and uh, this song is poetic, like, poetic punctuated anger. But right? I feel like he's such an expert at, mm-hmm. right? It's it's always was... like it's always like an anger you have to kind of search for, like you know you show you show the song to like my mom, she'll be like, oh cool, what a mm-hmm. what a jolly little song, you know? She's not gonna read the lyrics, <laughs> sure. Right? <laughs> but isn't this the greatest bridge back into a chorus that you mm. could ever find? Those yeah, lines. Fit my soul anymore. That's almost what I got uh, tattooed on me. <laughs> oh, cool. I think the one you. I think the one you settled with is the mm-hmm. correct one. Take it, drums. Boom. Mm. Great transition. Great transition. The expertise with the musicianship just continues to showcase. Three albums we were, in, and they're they, they're and they're doing this like they've been doing it for fucking ten albums already. So I was alone and nothing before I even discovered how beautiful music was for me. I was young, the diamond Sinatra was like something I saw in a dream. Ballerinas laid. He doesn't even know what that means, Mike. I don't think he does, <laughs> but it's a he beautiful he, line. He said he'd never be able to write that song again. Wow. Or those lines I, again. Yeah, and it's it's one of those it's things where, where it's like a felt. yeah, it's a it's a it's a point in time. Let's let's pause. Let's pause real quick. Yes, yeah, we are pausing. I mean, we're 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 we'll back. we are blowing through this album, but we are track seven already. <laughs> I know, I know. So yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack from Orphans there. Um, so I don't I I I I like to believe that I'm right because you know that's me. But <laughs> um, I, I just want to believe that it's it's about processing through all of those emotions that you need to process through mm-hmm. when you're that like feeling when you see it disintegrating, you feel it just like being gone and like oh shit, I just devoted all this time and and, uh, and effort to this whole thing and. You know, I've obviously seen and been through numerous breakups through other people, not so much with myself, but 
I mean, it, it really captures that 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 feeling of aloneness, like something like an orphan, right? Like that feeling that like you're unloved and and abandoned. That that sense of abandonment. That's that's a good word too. The mm-hmm. the, the the you know, and it's how fucking poetic that we're doing this on like the anniversary of my first wedding, right? But uh, <laughs> but I'm uh, sorry, I didn't. I, the, this is your fault was, for not. That was unintentional. We, were, yeah. <laughs> we went to a carnivorous plant presentation yesterday so we had to do it today but, but it anyway. makes it even that much more poignant doesn't I know. it <laughs> you know our first review of this album was about you this one's about me <laughs> yay <laughs> no but like yeah that the, the, those those little lines right there those little lines that hit you so hard stab you right in the heart that uh that are just that remind you of a place in time when you felt like you were at your lowest you know when you felt like you just wanted to just go out and go out to the city, maybe walk into the ocean. I don't know, but like walk, Sometimes. grab your fucking hat and fill it with rain and like, just, just fucking leave everything behind. You know, I've been there. Don't we, don't we, don't we think about it sometimes? We do, especially on the anniversary of your first wedding. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm no, sorry funny. to do that to you. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't realize it until we, talked about it before the show but anyway (laughs) (laughs) but yes again like like you said it's hard to find anger through his stuff it's usually just like i don't know poignant bits of of nostalgia and sadness mixed in Mm -hmm. but that's what i love about that song so much and obviously going into old haunts in a minute here is 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 a piece of that as well yeah and that's that's that that's what's great about this era of gaslight anthem it it is again you have to search for those kind of things on the mm-hmm. surface level uh, especially like on first listen you would just think oh cool what a what a what a, what a neat song i i i definitely want to see this live you know and then mm-hmm. you start to unpack it you start to catch those little <laughs> you, you start to catch those little lines here and there when do you're I? singing it back <laughs> right yeah do i really want to cry in front of hundreds of people i don't know I don't know. It'd be interesting to see where, where your emotions go at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, I mean, that's, that's what I, I, it's a cool juxtaposition though, right? It's a cool, like, you know, jovial Americana heartland rock, you know, coupled with the most existential fucking dread you'll hear in a long time, especially if you're mm-hmm. a person of our age. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So many years, so many years he had spent on this earth at that point. Absolutely. <laughs> so should we jump into boxer let's do it let's go ahead and jump back in we're going to count down now in three two one boxer so your pride and your pose tucked into your, your tucked just like a tommy gun it's just like i got my music i got my my poetry i'm going to keep it right here as a means of a weapon <laughs> I, I love the, he sure does <laughs> use words like a weapon doesn't he but and it's weird to have the little rap at the beginning, and apparently they went back and forth on whether they were going to keep that in or not. And eventually, him and Benny were just like, "Just fucking keep it." <laughs> it that I think that's my only real like constructive criticism about this album. It's like that part's mm-hmm. weird. It's weird because yeah, and they they went back and forth on it. Yeah, because like, like it doesn't. Why not? It, it'd be cool if it like it bookended the song, but like it doesn't. So like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of no point in putting it there. But like it, it's there. It's not too distracting like it's 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 there and gone in like seven seconds so it's like whatever right <laughs> and you got your just your chorus just about like hey you get beat up sometimes but you can find your bandages by writing shit out you can find stitches by listening to music and he's just 
you know, basically talking about himself in the third person, mm-hmm. <laughs> being somebody who's just taking beatings over and over again. It's mm-hmm. gonna be okay. This is another like I'm gonna pick myself up, baby. Maybe maybe just for this song, and I'll tear myself down next song. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. The way that he just like effortlessly puts in like so many words in just a short amount of time. That's a skill, dude. Mm-hmm. And Alex's guitar work behind it balances it out so well. Yeah, he's just like wailing through the entire the entire time. Yeah, you can hear it in the background. You got to hear it. Like it's he's he's there noodling away right behind the rhythm. This bridge comes back in. Oh, it's so bad. It's a fun song to sing. It is. Alone and then you, and yeah. feel it. You try not to cry, then you cry a lot. Cry, I cry a lot. <laughs> Since it's such like a happy song, I, I don't cry on this one. Yeah, the most emotionally <laughs> confusing album of all time, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so. So let's jump into it, Mike. Let's enjoy Old Haunts, shall we? Songs about failed relationships. I love it. And old Haunts. Harkening back to previous albums. It's like, you know, right there, you're like, I'm going to have a good time on this song no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I love that, that little opening riff. That kick drum right there almost feels like a heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Fuck. Blood was mixed with wine and robbery, baby. And it's always wanting more. Mm. And then how about a chorus that'll kick you in the nuts every mm. time? Mm. Don't fucking do it. Don't want to hear your songs. This is dead to me. Ever sing about good times? Come on. <laughs> if you'd have known me when, God help that man. Why don't you? So it's so innocent on the first. I believe first that line, course. "If you had known me when," is is a reference to "Sink or Swim," right? Yeah, Navasink Banks. That's going right, right back yeah. to it. But this time he, instead of telling her, like until instead of her just jumping in and being like, "No, I knew you when," or "I knew you now." Sorry. Yeah. I knew you now. But this one, he doubles down on it and just repeats it over and over and over, mm-hmm. just saying, "God help this man." It's like, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Mm. Again, our, our, your loyalty as a fan is rewarded in these tiny little moments <laughs> that, like, so not only do you have to deal with the emotional impact of what's this song talking about, you also get to think about, you know, past songs like the Navisync Blues. Memories for sinking ships that never would be saved. Really? Really? We're going, we're going that heavy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, an epic bridge. Chills, dude. It's always Chills. Good. Kept your mind and heart in you just like a two. Shame, 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 shame on you. It's two lines. 
two lines. Mm -hmm. So impactful. The, but the way it just repeats like it too is just like is, is yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. because it, again it's it's mm. that beating it into your head, you know, like mm -hmm. you do when you're then, when you're down and out. And what is this this guitar solo? This, this is not chaos just like going a normal. On? This is chaos beyond chaos. But again, boom, that's what boom. goes on in your head, dude. That's what, 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 what during these during these times mm. of failed relationships and broken marriages, like mm -hmm. this is that's what goes on in your head. It's nothing God but chaos. Barely keeping it together. God. And then let's just let's just close it out on another chorus. Songs about the good times. Those days are gone and you should just let them go. And God help the man who says if you Repeat. Oh, babe, if you'd had known me when, mm. all we've ever known. Those songs about regrets, motherfucker. Okay, let's turn the let's, album off. Right the, the, here, the, track the, nine. Let's just let's just pause. We're just we're just gonna pause. Oh, we're gonna pause it. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna pause. Pausing let's it again. Let this. me timestamp. Go ahead. Make sure we're we're in the right headspace. Is there anything more <laughs> we need to say? Is anybody that? ever in the right headspace for the spirit of jazz? <laughs> I don't think so because you're coming out of that like that old haunts. Just like wow, he 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 took all of that emotion and visualization and 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 turned it into like not only lyrical but but musical. Just again, the band as a whole. Just. Mm -hmm painted a beautiful picture of that and then you're and just like wow it's a great example of the musicianship really like um complementing the storytelling mm -hmm. that, especially with that chorus that chaos going on the chaos is barely being held together uh like it's, it's barely comprehensible it's barely being held together right you just you you isolate that you show that to any random person who's like this is fucking garbage what is this but like in the context <laughs> of that motherfucking song it's like it 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 captures the feeling the 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 emotion the 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 the, the messiness and it's it's just beautiful it's just a, it's just expertise songwriting expertise collaboration mm. so before we jump into track 9 here what song um, is this <laughs> I, I i i don't feel like i did the greatest of jobs explaining this one <laughs> in 2018 but dude more, you did a great job it's fine the the more i sat with it this week and had to you know be thrown uh into the ground and pummeled over and over again it's just mm -hmm. like this is almost like just a a a fantasy world track about like oh it's all it's all good either either we're dreaming about everything being back to normal again. Oh, I've been there or, or it's, it's, I, I, that's all I can think of. It's just a perfect dream that you then wake up from back to reality going into track 10. So is that why it hits so emotional because of the delusional aspect of it? That's part of the healing process. So I think, right. Like, <laughs> no, no, I don't know if it, I don't know if it is. Cause I, I definitely was like of this mindset of, especially of all my big relationships that ended, right. Like it's mm -hmm. like, there's, there's that, there's that point, whether it's because you got a text message or whether because you saw them or you just, you just created this fantasy in your head where you think like, Oh, everything's going to be fine. 
Like we're going to get through this. This is just, mm-hmm. a, this is just a bump in the road. And then it's like you know, the cool then, is dead. Like the, all that stuff about, you know, needing to be out and partying and I'm not enough for you. It's like, yeah. we're, we're good. We're good. We're going to be all better in the morning. Yeah. And then reality, <clears> hits you, right. And, and that's, and I think that's definitely what the chorus is trying to evoke. Like the reality hits you and then like, oh, things aren't okay. And things are not going to be okay. You know, but I feel like the chorus is, is doubling down on that in a way. Yeah, tell me, t- t- tell me why. So, it, it just saying like, "Hey, like, I, 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 like nobody else can love you like me." And oh yeah, I mean, there's that. Was too. you know, I, I was good to you. It's more of a rhetorical question <laughs> than anything else. Well, I, I, in me, it, for but, me, it's like, is he's he's questioning it himself? For me, it's because like I've done that myself, right? Like, like wasn't mm-hmm. I a good husband? Wasn't I a good boyfriend or whatever? Like, yeah, like. I don't think he's talking to her directly. I think that's an internal monologue. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a question for himself that he knows the answer to. Right, and I think he that's believes him, like it's snapping yes. back he, into reality, and he believes that it's yes, okay. even if it is true or not. Well, is yet to be determined. Still. See, but I love but. that about that chorus too, because like you're right. And also I'm right. Like it's, 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 it's it, it can be interpreted <laughs> like know. so many different ways because of the ambiguity of the song. And you listen to the live at home sessions and he's just like, <laughs> okay, get, getting to the end. Let's play the last three tracks here. Fuck. I'm long 56 minutes. Well, maybe he doesn't want to talk uh, about it because it hurts him too much. Right. Have you thought about that, Adam? You selfish prick. I, <laughs> well, Unfortunately, there is zero about this song on Lyric Genius. It's really, really sad. <laughs> Nobody talks about the spirit of jazz. But you know what? God damn it. We're going to talk about the spirit of jazz. Are you ready? I know. I'm ready. All right. I'm here ready. we go. In three, two, one. Fuck this song. <laughs> <laughs> but that guitar, baby. Oh, that it's guitar so good. It's so good. It. <laughs> it's, it, I think it might be like the greatest song I've it's definitely heard. like a top five Gaslight Anthem song, maybe top mm. three. I and I, I just realized this week, like, I don't think I enjoy anything more in the world besides this track. <laughs> it's this track, and then ev- and like your children, and then your wife, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then another Gaslight Anthem track un- underneath that. Right. <sighs> See me, my baby, we would dance all night, but I don't know steps in my baby's time. It's so happy. Do it for the girls uptown. I heard they light them up like the blues. So I'm waiting, and she's waiting. Yes. Oh. Mm. that line oh not another soul could love you like my rotten bones do the self-deprecation dude oh right right i'm just gonna hang out here and wait for you because i'm so excited about what's to come mm-hmm. once we're once <laughs> so, we're through this messy era right right so whether it's oh. delusional whether it's just nostalgia it's a little bit of both. It's I always, love this it's line. always both. Though. I'm a cannonball to a house on fire, and you're slow like Motown soul. See, we're not we're not good for each other. There's no reason for us to be together. Mm-hmm. We're doomed from the start. I love that line so much. But then the constant hope that everything will be fine. That's that's what's so that's what's so gutting about it. So for us to for recover. Us to recover. Oh, fuck. 
the brutality and then knowing too later like you know in future albums and future solo albums it's like yeah, I mean he's it definitely didn't work you know he's definitely moved on and has a new wife and a family and stuff so like right. the, 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 the brutality of, 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 of this era bridge Mike the bridge could be the greatest bridge of all time I think it is the simplicity you a better bridge yeah <laughs> I'm waiting <laughs> the simplicity of this bridge is great the, but the but the brutality of of the lyrics especially knowing future songs too it's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then like let's just cut away the music just some bass right there the transitions the, dude the they're dynamics. so good this is like the greatest like this is the happiest saddest song I've ever heard Stop Ooh. breaking tables. I can't keep buying you tables coming out of the podcast budget. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all good right now. And I like that that, that line is repeated mm. constantly because, again, it's the constant waiting. It's the, it's, right. the, it's, 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 it's the delusion that, like, if I keep on waiting, she'll come back. Ugh. The song has everything I want in a song. It's, like, even a chorus that changes in the middle <laughs> like who does that and makes it work this is track 10 by the way we did it when we were young kind of the again, kind of the long stuff uh, kind of the last track but we'll go on to she loves you exactly I, and then i feel like this is just the the reality settling in oh uh, yeah that's a good way to put it like oh man i had a brief moment of like it's gonna be okay girl but no it, it's not and that's okay and let's end it on that yeah i like i like emotionally where it ends here at track good times, 10 i wasn't there when you were kind and the 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 harmonies there's like three levels of fucking yeah vocals on this on first impression it sounds like oh we're just we're just adding back that 59 sound reverb mm-hmm. but you listen carefully no that's Every other band members singing along gun, we were strangers many hours I you for so long. oh man that's like every line can be interpreted in so many different ways mm-hmm. it's like can't necessarily figure it out <sighs> but i'm older now mike i'm older now yeah it's almost like the, it's almost as if this song is could be put on like get hurt or something four mm-hmm. years later and you know referencing all of the songs here in american slang pretty much it's interesting i don't know how he can still keep going to that well and making it work every time because usually get tired of it with with artists like uh, again yeah uh, same old thing you know yeah we make a lot of criticism for uh artists who like sing about the same subject matter but like the way brian does it mm-hmm. the way that he mm-hmm. can he can sing about the same thing but from a different emotional spectrum and it mm-hmm. hits completely different heart uh, it, it hits completely differently right and and that, that i think that's what makes I think that's what makes him stand apart from like other songwriters that we right, listen to. Right, right. I'll put your bones out in the yard for someone else to be called and called by. I mean, that's so 
poetic and hurtful. Like you're you're you're, you're like, not gonna get you're not gonna get that on the new Silverstein. You just it's not there. Hey, give Maybe. Shane Told a chance, man. <laughs> I'm sure by oh album ten, Shane Told. <laughs> Let's go back well, to this real quick, real quick. Yes, we got two go more tracks here. It's, I don't want to talk about that album yet. <laughs> We were lions, lovers in combat. Lovers in combat. Mm. That Ooh. line right there is like that can be mm. like the perfect summation of my first marriage, right? Lovers in so. combat. Jesus what Christ! What the hell? Where do you find that line? That's so fucking. I know, good. and what a low place you have to be emotionally to like come up with that, and mm-hmm. you know, put that pen to paper and share that with millions of people. Oh, man, and you, I'm so glad they just kept on trying to push that envelope mm-hmm. further and further. And you know, get, get hurt, tries again, you know, to lesser degrees, but handwritten, I feel, reaches it to some album. We'll get there. I'm, yeah, we'll get there next week. But is handwritten still your favorite album? I know once in a while you'll 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 <laughs> shuffle things around, but like, um, right? Is is handwritten still your favorite? We're pausing here, by the way. I think it is. I think it still is for now. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you again next week. But uh, we are pausing right now. Hold on, let me timestamp this, and then we are gonna go back because I need to go to the B sides album. You, I think, are all set, right? Yes. So if you're confused, uh, the song She Loves You is on the special edition of American Slang. Uh, it is also on the, it is first also track one of the B-Sides album from 2014. Uh, but uh, this, according to Brian Fallon, this is the proper end of American Slang. So we are going to yes. end it right here. So uh, we're going to, are, are you all queued up? I'm ready. All right, here we go. In three, two, one, play. Ah, oh, that guitar, baby. Doesn't this sound very familiar? Yes, but I forget to wear from. It's it's from uh it's from Sleepwalkers. Mm. That's right. There's something similar to it on there. Oh wait, no, it's on it's on Local Honey. Shit. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, find the sisters, sisters of Saint Joseph on President Street in Brooklyn. Just it's just all New York right here in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. And Even though for we're somebody not from that there. like yeah, for somebody who's never been there myself, like I, I love that. Like I feel like I'm there just mm-hmm. through these lyrics. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and if there was a way to navigate your scenes. Oh, <laughs> you reached this emotional crescendo. I hate you so much. <laughs> and then you oh. just like you ease back down. It's so, it's it's a it's just a psychedelic trip where you just rise and you peak and you fall. Mm-hmm. And that's all I think of. It makes and this all whole I feel. Song, it makes this whole <sighs> album a fucking roller coaster of emotion. Mm-hmm. It's all just like she's just like I love you, I love you, but I'm just not in love with you, mm. and you need to move on and just pour your blood out into your sermons, which 
He's like one of the few people that can do that correctly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and that, a, a, a good bridge? <laughs> like this bridge. And I love how minimalist this song is too. It's just like it's just like a lot of like clapping and foot stomping, tiny bit of guitar in the background, right? We we were hit with like one gut punch with the you know, track ten, and here we are with the bonus track, just equally, equally as mm-hmm. gut wrenching. And again, the music complementing the storytelling, complementing the hurtful, biting lyrics. Yes. So build up going into the last chorus. It's like it, it doesn't need to deviate at all. <laughs> you know, just it's got that basic song structure, and it's just like if everything else in the world could be this good, we'd be we'd, there'd be no war. We'd be happy. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have to critique music. I wouldn't be, be unhappy. Yeah, with music. We, we wouldn't have to. You know. <laughs> review boring albums every week <laughs> be like oh album hey Adam my, my you know my new favorite album of the, of the year just released this past year this past week do you miss again you're just like in this oozy fucking I don't know the ooze laying in ooze that's all I can envision as you're just like rolling in your feelings mm-hmm. After all this, the minimalism too, like the minimalism, the crooning, the the mm. the the atmosphere, like it creates this atmosphere where you feel like you're like almost at a funeral, and mm. it, and and it's a funeral of the heart, really, you know. But uh, but that that'll Thank do you. it. Thank you for allowing us to jump back into that. It's just you, you, all you can do is just process like what just happened. Where mm-hmm. am I? Who am I as a person? Why did this affect me in the way that it does? I should go back and, and keep digging. But again, 10 years later, I feel like there's still more to be found on some levels, you know? Yeah. And that's what's great about his songwriting too, is that, you know, not only I think you can gain a lot by like just if this is like your first and only Gaslight Anthem album and you, and you listen to it a bunch, you can gain a lot from it. But also you can listen to it as, you know, if you if you go back in time, uh, Doc Brown style and like listen to it in the context of a super fan in 2010 who's listened to all the previous albums, you can catch all those references and get all those mm-hmm. emotional impacts. But then again, there's that added layer of knowing how some of these stories resolve themselves in uh, future albums and knowing the references for the future albums and and seeing and that adds you know another emotional layer on top of this because like oh no it doesn't end well <laughs> you know man right doesn't end well until you get to local honey mm-hmm. in a way <laughs> a lot of ways yeah and but also he's... that might just be him also stringing us along emotionally because he's just really good at that but mm-hmm. no matter how you slice it you know first time listener um, super fan since the beginning, you know, listening to it in the context of his entire discography. It works. It works well. It's beautiful. It's some of the best art I've ever come across in my life. Uh, just this whole fucking collection, really, of of, 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 of his works. And it's just, ugh. It, it, and it's a lot of, like, we, 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 we do a decent job I think of like trying to put it into words like the the concepts and the meaning behind it but like mm-hmm. I also feel even like going back and listening back to these episodes like 
oh, we haven't even scratched the surface. And like, we're just, <laughs> we're just along for the ride and like just letting people know like how it makes us feel. <laughs> so like, I would love to like deep dive into this more. So like, we're not doing, mm. um, we're not doing handwritten next week. We're doing this album again. <laughs> <laughs> no, just we'll kidding. just do like, like that podcast that Daniel was talking about us without yeah, them. Every single song, dude. <laughs> One podcast episode per song. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. We're no longer the skinny now. <laughs> We're just gaslighting, folks. Man, just wait for that uh, uh, Mojo Hand episode. That's going to be interesting. That would be the shortest episode, yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, don't really like this, episode, this, this song, so moving on. Oh, Adam, man. what are your final thoughts? Uh, I mean, not final. You're going to listen to it again. But like, what are your mm-hmm. uh, final thoughts, at least on this episode, uh, We are where we are at in the Gaslight Anthems discography, and uh, just kind of your thoughts on American slang and 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 its place in the gaslight anthems discography i feel like doc brown should have warned us a little bit more the emotional impact that would be there i think i think you know hopefully he explains that to our 08 and 07 selves since he said he was visiting them mm-hmm. but like I, I nothing can prepare you for like when you're walking into somebody's wedding in 2010 like why would i be thinking about songs that would have anything to do with with unhappiness when it comes to relationships. Um, and, and it, it, it just hits you like there there's, there's like, I don't know. I always felt like it was, there was a grieving process to certain parts of my life. Every time I listen to this, that I'm just like, Oh, he's just reaching into my soul, bringing it back out into my, into my like frontal cortex to relive and process and that's the only reason I can explain why I keep on like emotionally breaking down and like having all these tears when I, I don't have tears anywhere else in life. Yeah, you had 99% the doctor remo- of the rest you had of the life. You remove your tear ducts because <laughs> you don't like to cry anymore. No, but you're, you're right. Like the, and, and what makes them so impactful is the songwriting. It's the fact that like he can take simple words and simple sentences and rephrase them in a way that makes it seem like you're there and you're experiencing it and Mm -hmm. you know for people like us who um who are able to retrofit some of these stories and lyrics into our own experiences into our own lives like it and that's what makes it like so impactful like i don't think you have to have been hurt the same way in order to um really understand these songs i th- i i think that you know i think that that adds a sort of empathy to it but i think just on their own you can feel the human emotion you can feel the real sense of guilt and and um and self-loathing that's going on through the character's mind just through the mm-hmm. songwriting and the way that like again it's picturesque you feel like you're there in jersey you're there mm-hmm. waiting on the streets of new york you know, waiting mm-hmm. for your love to return. You're lost. You're lost at sea. You know, it's all that. It's all that stuff, and and it it it's it's so masterful. And I just wish that Silverstein can do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> do we need to even come back to the present? Because I can talk about the past even more so, and some good and some bad. Well, do you have any but, uh, any any other closing <laughs> thoughts before we close man. out this? Uh, I mean, this, this rendition of the Gaslight Anthem retrospective. Oh, Obviously, we'll we'll talk about handwritten, and I will explain why I feel like that is ever so slightly a better album 
than this one. So this is my number eight of all time that I posted mm-hmm. this week. Handwritten is my number four. So, you know, they're very, very close, mm-hmm. but, uh, but the, the way that the handwritten songs consistently hit me as opposed to where American slang, it's like the first, like the, the first four out of five tracks there, like don't hit me emotionally. You know, they're great songs, but they're just like, oh man, these are good songs and I freaking love these. And then the last half destroys me. Whereas with handwritten, it's like, like it's consistently like, wow, kind of songs. And not all of them like make me want to cry and, and, and die and all that good stuff. But it's just like, it's just amped up a little bit and it's more consistent for the full 13. 18, 12 tracks, however many tracks it is, I forget. Yeah. Um, so, so while handwritten might be a objectively speaking, like from a production value and a songwriting va- a value and stuff like that, a better album, like mm-hmm. American Slang is the one that speaks to you as a human being more. Yes. Yeah. But that's why I put my number seven, six, and five albums ahead of American Slang because of like, wow, these songs are just like just even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> and if, and if you folks consistently better, this, consistently better. Yeah. And if you folks listening to this are confused or don't like that, well, I don't know, make your own podcast. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Make your own top 100 list and tell us why. <laughs> yeah. And if you're like me, don't update it for another <laughs> many, many years. One day I will. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put American slang where it belongs. Uh, so, oh man. So thank you. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad again, like it's, it's impacted you. I know it did when we did our end of the, when we did episode skinny essentials, episode one, it, it impact. I know it impacted you when we did the best of the decade, when we retrospected 2010, like I know this album is, is ranked highly for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously to jump into it for a week in a row is just like even more exciting. Cause you're just yeah. like, then you pick out the nuances of the musicianship and not just like the emotionally crippling side of it. Cause it's fun. Like re-listening to these albums, like as if they were new, Right, we're, mm-hmm. we're, I know, we're we obviously have a familiarity with them, but like re-listening to them in that same process, where like oh, every Friday like a new album comes out or you know something we want right. to check out, and then we get to listen to it for a week and talk about it on the show. Like to do that with the Gaslight Anthem is has just been a an, a, a great experience, and it you know it, and you know we joke around that like oh my 2017 top 100 list is very outdated, and <laughs> I think it, <laughs> I think it's I think it's a you know, very apparent that there's some omissions <laughs> in, in the top 10 or even top 20. But uh, I know you'll do it one of these days, one of these days, I promise. <laughs> but uh, I think that'll do it for uh, American slang. Let's move on now to some, uh, some other albums that we've been checking out this past week. Uh, okay. Let's do, cause I honestly, I don't have too much to say about some of the recent stuff, but so mm-hmm. let's just kind of like shotgun through them. Uh, okay. For me, I've been checking out, uh, over on our Discord, which is linked below, we have uh, some of our listeners who, who, who like to share some of their thoughts on new songs and new albums. We'd love to have you if you'd love to join us. It's free and open to the public. Uh, a, a, a band that I've never heard of called A Sky So Black uh, over on mm. April 22nd released an EP called Autumn in the Water. Um, a lot of buzz regarding this one. And I'd have to admit, the songs are very catchy. They sound like 2010. Uh, even though I've been hmm. fully ingrained in 2010 this past week, uh, <laughs> right. but, uh, uh, but it, it 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 sounds like that you know throwback screamo sound that I fell in love with way back in the day. But uh, I'd have to say it's just kind of okay. You know, there, there a lot of our listeners were 
like, oh, this is great. Like some of the best stuff. And like, and I, I see where they're coming from, but like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a, what, what I like about throwback music is like, don't just do, you know, what, what you grew up on. Like, what are you bringing new to the table? Like, there has to be a reason why you are pulling from this well again. Don't just, don't just be like, Hey, remember this? Like, that's not exciting to me. <laughs> you know, that's like, oh, that's cool. I like it. And, and it, it's, it's mm-hmm. very nostalgic. But like, you know, if, if, you, if you just give me like a plate of like, hey, remember this? I'm like, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I do remember this. Thank like, you for reminding cool. me. Yeah. So like, like that's, that's kind of all me. I have for it. You got anything else? Yeah. Any, what, got, what else you got? Um, what else you got? Um, do you remember tight jeans? Like, yeah, I remember tight jeans. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, do you remember like when you had long hair and like it covered half your eye for like two years? I'm like, yeah, I remember that. That was pretty cool. Okay, remember, bye. There's 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 a hell by Bring Me the Horizon. That was a good album. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I can't wait for to hear what this band has to do. You know, in the future, it's like yeah, okay, yeah. well, bye. <laughs> so that's kind of like how I felt about it. Like it, the songs are good, but like I don't it was know. A if interesting it's gonna... twenty to twenty five minute conversation with the band. It sounds like yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like you know, it's 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 it, they're good songs, and I can see how people are like. Like oh this is this is so, this is great because like it, it you know it and let's be honest like the last few weeks have been kind of as far as like music releases go um, but uh, you know so I can see that this coming out that reminds you of albums that like you loved back in the day like it's just like mm-hmm. oh, okay it's fine so I don't have too much to say I don't know if I'm going to be revisiting it a lot I'm sure I will maybe later mm-hmm. just to just to revisit it but uh, um, I checked out also an album that you talked about last week uh, Cold Years. Goodbye Cold to years. misery. There's a song yeah. on here called Home, which is Ooh. one of the best songs of the year, Adam. Oh my goodness, what track number was that? That it's sounds like vaguely familiar. Seven or eight or something. Okay. Yes. I remember thinking like there are some really good songs on mm-hmm. this album. Uh um, so we got like an it's a it's a it's a um I don't I can't remember if you talked about the genre or something. I think I'm pretty sure you did. Kind of like a Heartland punk like very menzingers type of sound yes yeah. menzies little gaslighty at times yeah so it kind of fit the theme of you know the you know the album that we were that we've reviewed this past week but uh uh so it, it was again enjoyable um it, yeah. it's kind of missing for me it's missing that like x factor that kind of puts it on right. the same pedestal as like the menzingers but um I don't know. I, I, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Uh, again, home is one of the best songs I heard all year. So, uh, so welcome to the can welcome to the race for, you know, being in one of our lists this year. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than that, like it's enjoyable. I think, I think some people who like this genre are going to really like it, but uh, I, I know I like the track, the track kicking and screaming. I thought was really good. That's another good one as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I don't really have too much to say about it, to be honest. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's like, a little above average, but. Uh, it's like, yeah. I, I definitely liked it, but it, and, you know, it wasn't like giantly huge standout kind of thing. So yeah. their, their first album, Paradise, is got some really good songs on it as well, if you want to check that one out. Is um, it of the same kind of caliber, though? Is it yeah. Kind of it, the same? It, it's pretty much the same. It's just got, you know, the, the good standard hook hooky kind of stuff it's more good than bad yeah that's for sure it's more like a yeah. you know 75 percent kind of album yeah nothing so, bad uh, about goodbye to misery but uh yeah, yeah. It, it just doesn't again there, there's an x factor missing that like kind of mm-hmm. yeah, kind of takes this from 
you know, it, it prevents us from being like an A tier band, in my opinion. But uh, right. yeah, but maybe in the future, I, I, I like this. I like this band's sound. I like this band's aesthetic. So um, hopefully, going forward, like we'll hear more from Cold Years. Uh, right. Uh, Lun, the who I'm suspecting <laughs> is might be Lights in Disguise. Uh, she released. Really- <laughs> <laughs> she released another uh yeah she shadow dropped an ep this past uh friday on may 6 uh cuss called uh fuck yeah go us uh it's another uh, <laughs> four song ep uh it's the same stuff if you checked out um the if you checked out the ep from last year which is uh haha i like it uh if, if you checked it it's just it, it, it sounds like it could be the same fucking songs i didn't check <laughs> but it's the same shit nice, so if nice. you just want some good like vibe vibey music in the background while you're like doing the dishes or whatever like check this out it's like 11 minutes long it's not going to take up too much of your time uh misery made me by silverstein the long awaited 10 10th album from from that many our favorite front man who we like to make fun of all the time shane told um i listened to everyone i'm shane I'm a functional I'm alcoholic. <laughs> I haven't interviewed anyone. Adam's even known who they were in months. But here's another the well one is from dried up. <laughs> Marianas Trench lead man for his second interview. Mm. <laughs> but Silverstein is a band. It's a legacy band at this point. You know they've they've released a, a you know a, a, a handful of albums that a lot of people really like. You know I'm not gonna like you know a, a What's it? American something. What? What's one of what's their album that like, the? No, it's 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 shipwreck in the sand. That's what it was. Yeah, they have a song called American Dream. Anyway, okay. um, shipwreck in the sand. Great, you know the the discovering the waterfront. Great, you know uh, everything I touch. Whatever the fuck that album's called. That one's great. I, uh, yeah. Ship, shape, sh- shape shift. No, ship. Uh, this is how the wind shifts. <laughs> this is there how the wind shifts. And then uh, Dead Reflection. You know, those are great albums. Uh, just, mm, just stand so alone. Good. But uh, in between those, there's a lot of like kind of bland stuff. And I think I'm completely done with Silverstein at this point. Listeners, if you, if this band in the future is going gonna, is gonna to write anything that's transformative or great, please shoot it my way. Uh, otherwise, I am not listening to this. I'll, I'll say it, pandering, boring horseshit anymore. It's it's one of those albums that I'm so frustrated. Like, I wish it was bad. I wish it was bad <laughs> so I had something interesting to fucking say about it. It's just Ooh. so bland and generic, and I feel like it's all Shane Told's fault. He is holding <laughs> back this band, and it's so frustrating. Because, like, the musicianship is okay. Like, the musicianship, they you can see that, like, they're... They're they're capturing points of like different genres here and there. They've got like the alt rock stuff. They got like you know hardcore punk stuff every now and then. But like it's just Shane. Like you saw me at the place of and I got it. What the and fuck are you saying, Shane? He needs to let us know he's not a, he's not a religious man. Oh, there's that shit again, right? Because like. <laughs> How many times have you fucking sung this same tired, boring bullshit again? And and I'm going to say this is my sound harsh and I don't like to dunk on people or their music taste. But if Silverstein is your favorite band, I'm just going to assume you're a boring person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were always one of our favorite bands, but yeah. I feel like 
that ship is sailing quickly. Yeah. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to dig deeper with maybe like a, a, a some sort of metaphor within the album of like, Hey, fuck you. I'm not religious really man. And then like, like a, a, a character changing kind of thing by the end where he realizes his life is, is, is has lost meaning, but I'll let you know if I get there. Cause I'm, I'm hoping that that's oh, wow. there. You're going to continue listening to it, huh? <laughs> I know. I got it. I got to, I got to let it settle in and you're determine brave, whether you're it's a braver man than I. <laughs> Cause it's like, it, it does just kind of sound like the typical stuff, but you yeah. know, usually sometimes their typical stuff ends up really good. So I'm just like, maybe, maybe, but history usually I, has I, proven I, otherwise, my friend. I, but I usually trust you, you guys yeah. <laughs> where you guys are after, you know, the one to two listens you can give an album and, and judge it. I'm usually there by eight listens. I don't we'll, normally we'll drop <laughs> an album, especially from a band that I'm familiar with, like after one listen, but I mm. literally felt nothing. I literally <laughs> did not remember a goddamn second of what is that? That, that 40 minute album. I did not remember a goddamn thing of misery made me and it was so fucking frustrating and i and, it, and I, i'm ready to drop this band forever it was it was a very there was a very spencer chamberlain moment in there like fuck you i don't need saving me <laughs> like that kind of so i, was, I picked up on that i remember i'm that. in my 40s <laughs> like i'm 41 <laughs> anyway <laughs> jesus christ stop and, and again you fucking pandering legacy band stop <laughs> pretending you're 22 years old write music about your life god damn it a little bit a little bit can we say that stand atlantic is at least doing that yes at least <laughs> with stand atlantic even though i don't relate to the songs i at least felt something because she was singing from her own life experience god damn it fuck everything and run <laughs> I bet my nails from the back, from the back, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listening to that and then American slang, I was just like, mm, <laughs> there's a disconnect here. <laughs> but like, again, I, I, at least this is a unique perspective, even though I don't relate to it. It's at least <laughs> unique. And I can, I can remember like, oh yeah, that one bite my nail song. That's from fuck everything and run. I can at least right. say that if you showed me one fucking chorus from misery made me, I'd be like, I don't know. It's from fucking <laughs> to that rescue i don't know <laughs> so yeah i mean I'm, I'm i'm sure stand atlantic will will continue to grow on me and because they got they can write hooks but i'm yeah. just like <laughs> I just also the, like the follow-up to like, their wow, surprise I'm, album from 2020 that like you know pink elephant which i came in late on yeah you kind of like was, checked that like right away and i was like oh it's pretty yeah good. it was like my my number 14 album that year yeah and it's so a great it was, album great album yeah so but like i was just i listened to this and i'm like I think I might be too old for this album. I really, really do. <laughs> yeah. And I don't say that often, but we'll see. We'll see how it, how it this is grows definitely on me. <laughs> writing music for Zoomers. And like, and that's perfectly cool, right? Like, you know, every generation needs their own, you know, uh, music to relate to, mm, but like, you right. know, so while we want, might not relate to the, to, to this album, there's, there's at least like interesting stuff to um, mm -hmm. uh, like listen to and talk about and, and, and pick apart for it. So it's cool, right. you know, like the, the one track where it's like featuring my literal mum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, well, nobody's ever done that before. So that's cool. <laughs> so it'll be interesting, like checking out uh, this, this album in the, over the next, uh, over the I next know. week. Cause you know, I got one last album to listen to. Cause I am not listening to misery made me anymore. Write it more. Okay. Write an interesting album, whether that's good or bad, write it, make, stop it. <laughs> I'm done with Silverstein. <laughs>
So other than handwritten, you got anything else going on this week? Um, I think I guess just got handwritten. I've got fuck everything and run. And I think I'm going to, because I, I meant to check it out this past week, but uh, I, I, I kind of neglected to add it to the list. And by the time I realized it, it was like, oh, it's maybe I should save it for next week. But uh, Portals by Kirk Hammett, which you, oh, you know, yes. checked out over the this whole week, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. It was, again, four songs. Um they're all 47 like long, minutes long. <laughs> they're all long instrumental tracks, but you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's interesting because in the last 40 years, like the Metallica guys have been hardcore on like, no, you do not do anything. That's not Metallica because it will like lessen the, the, the sanctity of whatever we have going on here. And like, that was where they were at. If you watched that, you know, some kind of monster documentary. Um, so it's nice to see that they've evolved in 20 years to be like, Oh, Hey, Kirk can go make four tracks and put them out. And the band will probably still be as successful as they ever were. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just him and a bunch of other random musicians. And there's just, it's just cool guitar solos and chugga chugga stuff. And it's like, it's, it sounds like, like an instrumental Metallica album in a way, like very, you know, it's got that, that like their instrumental stuff. It's got all of that kind of tied into it. Nothing as epic as Orion will ever be, but it's, it's pretty cool. And you got your, 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 uh, orchestra elements as well. That sounds so, so interesting, I, man. Like, mm-hmm, and you described it, it last week too. Like the, there's orchestral elements. There's, you know, they're, they're, they're bouncing off of different genres. You, you of course got Kurt being Kurt, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. and, and so, to I'm hear so interested him, to check this out. Cause he hasn't, I don't know. He hasn't done like epic, enjoyable guitar solos, in my opinion, for <laughs> Ouch. a long time since the nineties. Yeah, so since the nineties, yeah, I'd say that it's it has almost a nostalgia feel because of that. It's like, oh hey, this sounds like a solo that could have been on the Black Album or something like that, which is totally fine in my opinion. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it, it's it's fun. It's it's a breeze. It's tw- you know, like I said, twenty seven minutes. It feels like it goes by really, really fast. Uh, so I, I recommend it if you like Kirk Hammett's guitar work. Uh, and I very much do. So I, I again, I meant to check it out this past week, but uh, I am going to be checking it out this week. So I think I'm done with the Clash, Mike. I think I've given them. I've given them the best of my youth yeah, and the, tri- and the triumphs of my enemies. You're not done this- as in like you checked out their entire discography at this point. You're just, uh, you're, you're about, you, you, you feel like you absorbed as much as you need to absorb. I, I only have like two more listens of their last two albums to like be at, you know, where I'm usually at. And I'm like, oh, I, see. I don't think I'm going to like this band. I mean, Sandinista album three, triple album, whatever it was is like, wow, there's a lot of songs on here and they're all different styles. And Ellen Foley, do you remember her from, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light? And she was married to Meatloaf in the 70s. Um, she's like the, the the female voice on those early, early Meatloaf uh, yeah, albums. Yeah, I recall you uh, explaining to me who she was, yeah. Yeah, so apparently by 1980, she's with Mick Jones, who's the other guitar player from The Clash. She shows up on three tracks on Sandinista oh, where cool. she's like, she the loves lead stars, vocals. She's the lead vocals on the on these tracks. Like Joe Strummer is cool. very very distant in the background. So like that's interesting, but it still is like why? I, I, I this band is just does not kind of click with me whatsoever. Now on the Sink or Swim live from home, Brian goes into a five minute discussion about his history with the Clash and how 
there was a particular track on their their first album, which unfortunately I, I did not listen to the American version of their first album. I listened to the UK version. I, I'd have to go on YouTube to get the American version that has like three or four tracks on there that weren't on the UK version. So he starts playing this this track from um, from the American version. And to say like, well, like this song mixed with what he already knew from Bruce Springsteen and what he knew from Bob Dylan, like that was how, like those three genres like blended together to kind of make that early Gaslight Anthem sound. Mm. So he takes that, that song and I went and listened to it on YouTube and it was just like, okay, this just kind of sounds like a normal clash song, like, and Joe Strummer just singing like Joe Strummer does. But then like Brian Fallon, like slows it down into like an acoustically driven Gaslight Anthem song. And you're just like, Oh, and so I was just like listening to that. And then I'd go back to the clash version. Like, that's not what it sounds like at all, but yeah, like, yes, then Brian, like a Tommy gun. <laughs> right. Right. And then Brian Fallon turns it into a mixture of Bruce Springsteen and what I assume Bob Dylan is. And I'm just like, well, I guess Bob Dylan is next on my list of, of legacy acts that I need to absorb here. Um, but that was, that was interesting. And then he just kind of talked about how the music was so great for him. And I'm just like, I wish I could feel that way. Cause no, this is not my jam, unfortunately. Mm, that's okay, man. At least so, you got to. At least you got to, you know, experience some of uh, Brian Fallon's, you know, yeah. uh, muses, influences, influences. So, so, Combat Rock is 1982, which is the album that has "Should I Stay or Should I Go Now," oh, which I've always hated. I've always hated that song. Never been a good I song. Still, and it has Rock the Casbah, which you know is a decent song, especially in the context of the album. I can I can listen to it. My first exposure to that song is The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> they played that during the closing credits because they made a Rock the Casbah reference at the end of the episode. Right. So they played right. that song over the end credits. I was like, okay, cool. So it's not the best of albums. It's again like a very diverse kind of thing mixed in with all the political troublings that was going on at the time, like the post Vietnam stuff mixed with like the middle East conflicts that were going on in the early eighties. And I'm like, I get it, but these songs are so boring. Oof. So, and then, so 1985 is their sixth album called cut the crap. And by this point they had kicked out um, the drummer for his heroin use. He had kicked out Mick Jones, the other guitar player slash songwriter, um, and so it was just like like the, these hired other musicians uh, that came in, and then like th- they started working together. And then Joe Strummer and their producer decided like, no, we're it's just going to be you and me that make this next album. So they turned it into the quintessential <laughs> '80s bloated, retarded sounding Ooh. album that like I don't even want to go back to. And it's 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 panned like it's it's seen as one of the worst albums by like a well-known band of all time when i was reading about it like joe strummer was so disappointed in it when it came out that he like left the country and like lived somewhere else in europe for like a month and was like severely depressed (laughs) and and, like it just you know everybody hated it it kind of like got some 
like legacy points after years and years of being like, oh well, you oh, know that song was time. okay. Yeah, a little tiny bit of like a couple of tracks being like, oh, those tracks were okay. But man, I had no idea that it was it was just like shat upon so heavily in 1985 to where like that was a, a year later, not even a year later, Joe Strummer was like, that's it. Like, we're not even going to do the clash anymore. I'm just going to dissolve it. And then the producer was like, well, I could just hire other people to be the clash. Cause the clash <laughs> is just an idea really. And Joe Strummer was like, uh, no, I'll just sue you for that if I need to. So it fell apart quickly. <laughs> Sounds a lot like uh, Michael Jagman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know. <laughs> so it's like, man, this band just sputtered out. And then Joe Strummer went on to like, you know, kind of reconvene with Mick Jones on Mick Jones's like side project stuff. And then Joe Strummer did a few solo albums till his eventual death in 2002. So, you know, like I don't have much of an interest in jumping into that, but man, everybody seems to love this band and I'm just, I'm just on the outskirts of it, or at least those first five albums. Yeah. Well, <laughs> cause I mean, rock the least... Casbah was their rock. The Casbah was their highest charting single. And that was like their biggest album wow. right there with a uh, combat rock. There's, there's always those moments where, you know, you tell me those little factoids about like how big the song is and how, what a wide reach it has. And I'm like, I am so disconnected from the common man. <laughs> that is not a good song, man. So that's okay. We'll just move on, let it go. And, uh, we got something good from Brian Fallon for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it <laughs> so helped, I'm it jumping helped in. Brian Fallon be the songwriter he is. So thank you. The clash. Right. Thank you. The clash. May you live long and oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so I'm getting in. I mean, uh, Graceland by Paul Simon inspired me to uh, go back in time. 1964. I'm going to go back and revisit what Garfunkel was Garfunkel and Oates, <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel. Um, so, I mean, if you want to get to some of the nitty gritty of great songwriting. I mean, this is the beginning. Like I, I realized that both Bob Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel released their debut albums in 1964. And both were, were like sold terribly, both flopped vigorously because mm. what, what, what was hit, what was big in 1964, Mike, what did disco. everybody want to listen to prior to disco? Um, <laughs> The Beatles, rock. Mike. Oh, that's the that's Beatles. Right. That little everything, band. everything was Beatles, Rolling Stones, and that was the only thing that was selling at that point. So it was the 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 rock and roll thing. So folk music didn't gain any sort of uh, recognition until 1965. So to to hear that you know Bob Dylan. And a Simon and Garfunkel album uh, did poorly is surprising in this day and age, because this album has the original version of Sound of Silence, which is you know obviously it was their breakout hit at that time. Mm-hmm. So, one of the um, greatest songs the, ever made. One of the greatest songs, and still one of the greatest songs Absolutely. of all time here. So yes, October of 1964, Wednesday morning, 3 a.m. Simon and Garfunkel, and this was after like several years of them just kind of making singles that like one of their singles got kind of popular in 1957. Again, they're 16 years old. They had met in, they had met in elementary school and started playing music like, you know, through those years. And then at 17, uh, one of their uncles or dads or something paid 
Alan Freed, who was like the biggest DJ in the world in the fifties, like all that payola stuff. Like he was a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. Like one of their, one of their family members gave Alan Freed a bunch of money to put Simon and and Garfunkel (laughs) on the radio with their first single. And it was some like retarded 1950s song called like, you know, Oh, you know, happy school girl or something like that. (laughs) Maybe this is what Rebecca Black's parents were thinking of when they tried to get her famous with Friday. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of was. So like that song like got popular in this in 1957 and then they released several other singles that did not get so popular after that so um you know there was that as well and um so again they, they went back to college they got degrees simon paul simon kept on writing music and would release a whole bunch of other songs under like pseudonym names or like stage names um oh, I don't so like he, be famous <laughs> right right and then he was like part of like a big songwriting you know establishment that would write songs and then give them to pop artists that they put out. So he was kind of a part of that. And then um, when, I guess when they decided to get back together after they graduated college was when like they put together Wednesday morning, 3 AM. And this is interesting. Like this stands up for 1964. It is, you know, just acoustic guitar and, and their harmonies are, no, no drums, just acoustic guitar and vocals. Right, right, wow. just acoustic guitar and vocals. So, like, the harmonies stand out so much more than in their later albums, when it was more like Paul Simon just being like, "I'm going to turn myself up and turn everything else down." You know, there, you could tell that was kind of going on there, and led to all sorts of drama with the band. But this is like a pure picture of where they were at at that point, and like. In one earbud, you got Garfunkel's harmonies, and on the other one, you got Paul Simon's harmonies. So, like, you can hear the balance so well mixed with it. And so, there's a few songs. I wonder if that's common of the time. Right. And apparently, Spike Lee's father plays bass on this album. So, that's interesting. Spike Lee's father? (laughs) Filmmaker Spike Lee? (laughs) Yes. Long before Spike Lee was making movies, his father. Bill Lee plays double bass on here. (laughs) Billy what? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So there are several tracks that are just like traditional folk songs that Paul Simon kind of rearranged and, and, and they're very religiously tinged, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of like, Hey Jesus. And Hey, like, you know, this is the great story about our Lord and all this kind of stuff. They cover, go tell it on the mountain. (laughs) So it was like, okay, cool. Like this was almost what parents would have been okay with their kids listening to if they didn't want them listening to the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, these, these nice Christian boys making nice music. And they're like all Jewish and everything, but you know, (laughs) so yeah. And then like you mix that with the original tracks that are very, very dark and obviously sound of silence, one of the most like iconic dark songs about like culture and, you know, like just a metaphor for people like being in a crowd and it's just so silent and we all want to live in this being alone while you're not being alone in a crowded room. Yeah. Right. Right. So like I had never really like paid attention to the lyrics or dug deep into that song until this week. So that was interesting. Obviously this was part of my parents' stuff growing Mm -hmm. up. So I knew that song well, but there's a song called Bleecker Street. There's a song called Sparrow, obviously Sound of Silence. And there's a song called Wednesday Morning, the title track, Wednesday Morning, 3 a.m. that are like incredibly, like the, the first 
verses are like, Hey, we're just like hanging out, having a good time. And then all of a sudden it just like takes this really, really dark turn with the lyrics that are very existential in their own way. And you're just like, Oh, that's cool. Not unexpected. That's awesome. I, I like this album quite a bit. I gave it an eight out of 12 because you know, the religious songs are a little over for you. Right. Not for me so much. And some of the old traditional folk songs are just like, well, that's okay. Um, there's a song on here called Peggy O, which is like a song from like the 1400s. It's a Scottish folk the song. 1400s? Yeah. It's just been like the Scottish folk song that's been like passed through the generations. Wow. And it's like, you it, again, it starts off so like, oh, this like pretty girl and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to fight for you kind of girl. And then at the end, he basically says like, when I come back from war, I'm just going to like burn all your burn your town down and kill all kill all the women and you're like also this song was written by vikings (laughs) yeah it's so like oh interesting so it's been covered by a hundred thousand people over the years including like jerry garcia did a cover on one of the grateful dead albums and bob dylan did a cover cover on his first album i was like oh interesting okay so i'm just like jumping into this one that's very cool man so i gave it an eight out of twelve pretty good overall um a, a good mixture balancing of of the vocals which i as i'm jumping into albums two and three uh it's not as well recorded it's definitely like why is paul simon so much louder than uh, garfunkel is here but whatever um so yeah so the other bit of drama so sound of silence the original starts getting airplay on college radio very very minutely very small college radio and it's like getting 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 the buzz so they're famous so their producer his name is tom wilson is like hey i'm gonna take that song and i'm gonna add drums and electric guitar onto it but i'm not gonna tell the Hmm. guys that i'm doing this so he does that releases it to radio bam Top 100 number one album or number one song in the country. Interesting. For, for, and that was the only version I had ever heard was the drums and electric guitar version of that song. Um, so I always assumed that was the original, but apparently it wasn't. And obviously, Simon and Garfunkel were not happy that it was done against their wishes. Yeah. But they kind of, it was kind of like a, well, here's our entire dreams of stardom coming to fruition. So we have to go along with this because it's 1965 and artists have very little say in their creative process. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if that even like falls into some sort of like plagiarism law, taking somebody else's work and then releasing it without their consent. And right. You know, but at the time, I think the, the Columbia, they're on Columbia and I think Columbia just owned them. Yeah, technically speaking, when you sign to a label, they own mm-hmm. the rights to your music. Yeah, so I think that's what happened. And then the band was just like pissed off, but they were very happy with the success of it. And then the record company just basically said, all right, your next album is going to come out like within Tomorrow. six months. And it's going to be called Sounds of Silence. And that's going to be the opening track. And give us you know, nine more tracks and let's go. <laughs> wow. So like, so then like the second album gets rushed through. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And, and basically like during that, 
downtime from uh, when they had broken up after the first album. And cause they were like, Oh, well, I guess we're not going to be famous. Let's break up. Paul Simon recorded a bunch of songs just as a solo project for his first solo album um, in 19, like early 1965 before the song took off. And then when they got back together, it was just like, okay, let's just take all of these like Paul Simon solo songs and re-record them with Garfunkel and, and, you know, put out an album, you know, we got to strike while that iron's hot. And so it got very rushed through that process. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell more about that album next week, but it's, it's interesting. Wow. It sounds and, like you uh, found a gem at least with the, with, with the Simon and Garfunkel. Like it, were you, were you expecting to like fall in love with that album? Like not really. I was surprised. And then I realized like, wow, these harmonies are incredible, you know, especially for the time and sounding so crisp. Yeah. So, you know, the next two albums both came out in 1966. Jesus and- Christ. <laughs> So you got January of 66 and then parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. I'm sure you know that song. Yeah. And that's October of 66. And holy moly, I don't know if you've ever listened to that track like on a digital recording with headphones on, but that is like, that is incredible production right there. It's got harpsichord on it. And like, I'm just like, man, I've heard the song a thousand times, but I've never heard it like in the proper context, I think. Yeah. So you know, the rest of that album, I'm still like digesting, but that particular song, obviously one of their famous, most famous songs is really, really, really good. Interesting. Yeah. It so, sounds like you uh, got, it sounds like you're going to be enjoying the next few weeks. And of course they throw in like little, little sixties ditties of, you know, that sound like the Beatles. It's like, we gotta, we gotta write a song that sounds like <laughs> the Beatles. Let's go guys. And so you gotta, you know, we got a groovy thing going on here. <laughs> All these like retarded sixties pop song things there's like uh well yeah i don't think they had much of a say on that one <laughs> so um yeah it's it's interesting it's been an interesting journey and i'll i'm gonna go listen to some bob dylan after this okay, and i cool. think i'm only gonna he's got 39 albums but i'm not gonna go Good that God. far <laughs> and how many compilations <laughs> maybe maybe you're no those are those are purely just his studio albums from 1964 no, I mean, like, through. <laughs> he has that many albums, but how many compilations does he have? Maybe you're probably just better off checking out the compilations. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm going to go deep. I'm going I'm wow, to dive dude. deep, especially into the 60s stuff. Cause that was obviously where he, you know, hit it big and yeah, he had the became most a cultural icon. And then when he gets into the seventies, I'll figure it out. <laughs> cool. Well, dude, I had a great time unpacking the American slang with you. Good God. What an album. It was, it was quite the journey. I'm glad we gave it its proper due. Mm-hmm. Both of again, us talking about mean? it <laughs> again. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Again. I mean, the last time we talked about it, it was like you led the conversation. This was more like you and me talking about it. So I guess that's mm-hmm. something different, right? So yeah. Right. So, so uh, don't throw out that other episode folks again, check it out with the context of what that episode was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the, you know, series finale of our show when we when our lives look a little bit different back in 2018 uh but uh, now we are giving it the you know the proper track by track review as an album and, and and the way it fits so we hope that you guys enjoyed it stay tuned for next week's episode we are hitting what a lot of people would believe is a you know gaslight anthems best album with handwritten uh, you know I, I i tend to lean towards that opinion as well i think adam you i mean definitely on your list it's your favorite but, uh, yes ever so, so slightly so that will be a great uh that, that'll be a great time so please join us on that one it's gonna get 
you know, you thought this out, al- you thought this album was emotional. Like we're going to get just as emotional for the next one as well. So we are rounding out the end of our Gaslight Anthem retrospective. Uh, but uh, fun ain't over yet. We've got lots of skinny with Mike and Adam for you through the rest of the year. Uh, so again, join us on our discord, you know, catch up with us in between episodes. If you so wish, we talk a lot about new song releases, new album releases. Uh, you know, we, we play some fun games there. First of the month, we talk about our, you know, top 10 albums of all time, which is, fucking great i love i love it i love the stories that people share there i love the i I love the passion that comes through with every post so uh yeah we'd we'd love to have you on our discord even if even if you just want to join just to read along that'd be great too uh we have we i think we have more listeners who do that than participate which is fine but uh, (laughs) and you know what what is fun which i just started recently is going back to 2016 and listening to our review of Painkillers at the time. Ooh. Now, Mike is in the midst of a lot of stuff in March of 2016. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you sense a you sense a different tone oh, no. in his demeanor. Oh, that's and terrible. <laughs> you got to make it right. First, <laughs> the the APMA awards were being announced that that episode and we were going to self-help later that day so it's an interesting little time capsule of an episode oh wow if you want to if, you, if anybody would like us. to <laughs> and it's only an hour and five minutes <laughs> <laughs> i could tell you could tell i didn't want to be talking about emotional shit at the moment right man interesting yeah. and i it's the first time that we ever talk about baby metal and to hear oh, cool. how angry Mike is at baby metal. I was angry just, at a lot of things in you, 2016. Because I mentioned, like, have you ever listened to them? And you're just like, fuck no, fuck that band. They're just good for a laugh. It's bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Holy God. You're not, you're not yelling it. You're just, you, you, it was amazing because like, like I'm surprised I ever listened to them after that thrashing you gave them. <laughs> <laughs> Again, past me is, was, was the best me. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't need to learn anything because I've learned everything I need to know as a human being. Yes. By 2016. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, wow, that's, that's, that's embarrassing to hear. I'm sorry about that. Everybody. <laughs> so angry, so angry at them. But you got to listen to the show linearly. I think it's in order to get the full right. context. Right. Anyway, I'm doing much better these days. Uh, <laughs> just, I, just, 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 you, you also know that, but uh, yeah, uh, next week, uh, handwritten and the week after that, get, uh, get hurt again. Uh, but, uh, we, we're going to have a great time with all that folks. Uh, thank you, Adam, for all of your insights for this week's episode. Thank you for, for sharing all of your thoughts on all these great songs that we talked about, uh, in our track by track and, uh, for, and that'll do it for this week's episode. And for my co-host, Adam, I am your co-host, Mike. And like we say, when we've got our pride and our pros and we're tucking it in like our Tommy gun. (laughs) hmm what can we say man all you can say you found your bandages inside the pen stitches on the radio mike was so youthful in 2020 the wife of his youth Ah! 2010 2010 sorry was he good to her i guess that's just a rhetorical question we'll never ever know good night i mean (laughs) some people may know the answer to that i might i probably don't but it's okay. (laughs) It was in the past. Thanks, Brian Fallon.